Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, it's time for us to have a chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. And Vaughn, I'm glad we're talking about the homeowner grant right now because we have Finance Minister Katrina Conroy on later this morning. And there, I think there are a lot of questions about the homeowner grant. Oh, I think there are. She announced yesterday that the New Democrats are leaving, basically leaving it untouched. The threshold to qualify for the homeowner grant is uh, assessed value of your house at $2.15 million. And I know that's really not a very big house in Vancouver and Victoria, but... uh, Yeah, there have been a lot of calls over the years for this thing to be amended or phased out or at least means tested. This is an election year. The New Democrats have left it unchanged. And so we go on for another year with a grant that, uh, Simi, uh, it's almost as old as I am. (laughs) It was created by W.A.C. Bennett in the 1950s. And successive governments have decided, nah, we're not going to mess with that. People like it and we're going to leave it alone. That's the thing, right? Like, I can't imagine any any politician being able to say, we're going to eliminate this. No, I think eliminating it is probably not in the cards. Uh, but I think, you know, over time, I, I'm surprised they haven't switched to means testing. After all, the New Democrats brought in a renter's grant of $400 really in response to the criticism that homeowners were getting $570 by way of a grant and what about renters? So they brought in the $400 uh, promise. It took them a while to do it, but they finally did it. But it is means tested. It isn't available to everybody. Uh, you've, Simi, there have been two NDP-appointed commissions both headed by former NDP finance ministers, and both said the homeowner grant is not fair, not progressive tax policy, not a good thing to have, uh, and you ought to uh, phase it out uh, and or means test it. In both cases, the government just rejected those recommendations. Uh, I noticed yesterday in the press release that Conroy said what uh, previous NDP finance ministers have said, which is it's all very well to talk about phasing out the grant based on assessed value of homes, but That's a situation that varies widely across the province. She, for example, referred to the fact that about a half a million BC seniors get the grant. They may be house rich. They may well have a house worth more, you know, up to $2 million, which qualifies them for the grant, uh, but they don't have a lot of income. So it would actually be tougher to design a phase out or a means testing than it sounds. And I think there's that's one of the reasons the government stayed away from it. 
I think the other reason the government stayed away from it is, come on, it's an election year. You're not going to take away what uh, many people regard, well, generations of British Columbians have regarded as an entitlement. This thing was created in 1957. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. Now, what has the Premier has said about this in the past? Uh, the Premier is interesting. He got into this as housing minister, and he was urged by Generation Squeeze to jack up taxes on wealthy, expensive, expensive, highly assessed West Side properties. Uh, he was urged to phase out the homeowner grant. And his comment at the time was, um, no housing tax ever put a roof over anybody's head. He said that he wasn't looking at targeting those kind of taxes to do it. Now, you know, one, I guess one would have to say that comes with an asterisk because David Eby is promising one tax, which we're going to hear about this year, presumably with the budget that uh, Conroy will be tabling in February, and that will be a flipping tax. Uh, the EB government promised a tax on real estate flipping last year. We haven't seen it yet. Uh, we're not 100% sure how it will work, but if you look at the federal tax that was brought in last year, essentially what a flipping tax does is it it says that the if a piece of property changes hands within a given time frame, federal it's one year, it's been suggested two years here in BC, the increase in the assessed well the increase in the price is made taxable. So it the tax is designed to discourage people from buying a place and then turning around and selling it as soon as its value appreciates. That's the theory. As I said, the New Democrats have said very little about their intention, but presumably that's what they're thinking of for legislation this year. I expect the finance minister will tell you that she never discusses taxes until budget day, so she's probably not going to say very much about it. But the one thing that the premier said near the end of the year was they still plan to bring in a flipping tax. So I guess we'll see something in February. Yeah. And I want to remind the listener that you don't just get the homeowner grant automatically. You have to apply yes. for it and you apply to the provincial government now. That's been a big change in the last few years. You used to do it through your local property tax statement. You now have to go on the finance minister's website and apply for it there. Uh, when the province did that a few years ago, there was a suspicion that they were doing it to gather the data necessary to redesign the tax and the entitlement and phase it out. I don't know if that's the case, but uh, there you go. And if you're a senior, disabled, if you live outside the main metropolitan regions, you're entitled to a larger grant, but again, you have to apply. So everybody just remember, uh, you don't get it automatically. You have to fill out an application to the provincial government and get the money, which isn't actually money. It's simply a deduction on your property taxes. That's how you get it. Uh, the Belfry Theatre. So there's a lovely little theatre company here in the capital region. I've gone to their plays over the years, uh, admire their work. It's not easy to stage a small theatre company in a relatively small community like Victoria. And semi a year ago, they announced they were going to put on a production this spring of a play written by a Canadian. It's a one-person play. It's called The Runner. It is set in Israel. It's been staged elsewhere in Canada, and it's been broadcast on the CBC. Uh, it's a controversial production all of a sudden. It 
got embroiled in the controversy over the war that's going on in the Middle East. Pro-Palestinian protesters called a meeting with the theater, demanded it be canceled, uh, went with a petition. The theater was defaced. A counter petition went up. Uh, that one urged the theater company to stick with the play and put it on. And anyway, yesterday, the theater company just threw in the towel to the protesters. They said uh, to stage the runner at this time would divide the community. They're not interested in doing that. I would say they also chickened out because they expect the production to be disrupted by the pro-Palestinian protesters. And that's sad, right? The way you described it to us last time, too, is that this is, it's happened before, like it's been staged before without problem. And it, it was, I felt like it was an important message for this time. Yeah, when the, you know, the, the thing, the people that, look, I haven't seen it. It's hard to find the text online because it is controversial now. It wasn't before. For a time, you could find the CBC's broadcast on the CBC website, but I don't think it's there anymore. But look, here's, so I haven't seen it, but as I understand it, it's a one-person play. It is, the setup is a volunteer healthcare worker in Israel chooses to treat a Palestinian woman rather than an Israeli soldier because he feels guided by um, triage, by the need to treat the person who needs it treatment first. Uh, it, it doesn't sound to me like a, a play that is unsympathetic to Palestinians, at least to the woman who gets treated. And it creates a moral dilemma because there's a backlash against the healthcare worker for putting the Palestinian woman who's uh, suspected of involvement in terrorism ahead of an Israeli soldier. So that's the story. Uh, when you hear it described that way, you go, what's the controversy? So the controversy, as I understand it from the people who put out the petition saying cancel it, is twofold. One, the suspicion that the playwright, Christopher Moore, Canadian, uh, was somehow or other enlisted or bankrolled or backed by the Israelis in writing this play. And the other is that the play... This sounds like somebody who had in mind, when you hear this complaint, this bit sounds like someone who had in mind a different play. The play is that, well, it portrays the Israelis, but it doesn't portray the Palestinians. Well, it's a one-person play. It's yeah. only going to, you know. But look, um, there were 2,100 signatures on the petition that said, keep the play. There were, I think, 1,500 on the petition that said, get rid of it. But, you know, I think, as I said, it's a small theater company. Uh, they probably described, decided, as they say, that discretion is a better part of valor. The production probably would have been disrupted. The theater's already been vandalized. Yeah. And they said in their statement, this is not the time to do it. It would divide the community further. Uh, that's probably true, but it's also disturbing to see that you know, you can essentially cancel a play if you don't like the content. Well, that's so sad because, you know, theaters like that as well, a lot of them are volunteers, right? Yeah, they they no, don't no, sign no. up to be targeted and harassed and have these have themselves no. put in these scary situations. No, and you remember that the Victoria City Council and the Victoria Mayor was very slow to respond to a member of council that had 
uh, made a statement uh, sympathetic to the Palestinian cause and uh, dismissive of the victims of the October the 7th massacre. And she later initially refused to apologize and later did apologize. So, I mean, these are these are difficult times. I think the theater is right that the theater company is right that if they put it on, it would have added to the divisions in the community. And so you say, okay, well, uh, you know, you you that's your reason for not going ahead. It's too bad, but this is the times in which we live. Certainly seems that way. Uh, Vaughn, thank you for that. Bye bye, Simon. That is Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun. 